So hello, welcome along to How We're the Toddcast uh, podcast here with myself, I'm Ross from RGX Media, and this is Michael. Hello everyone. Hello there, how are we doing? <laughs> yeah, so here we go. This is our very first episode of a, hopefully a long series where we get to chat about everything about photography, videography, sport, landscape, weddings, you name it, everything from in between, obviously my involvement when I've been doing stuff with Sunday FC, and obviously yourself, Michael, doing stuff at Norbeth Town. We're just going to basically jump in and see what we've learnt from the start, and where we're up to present, and if we can share any help and tips and advice, or yeah, just a bit of everything really, and then hopefully it'll, I'll just see where it goes to and go from there really. But yeah, happy to hand over to you, Michael, and see what your thoughts about this uh, this week's episode. Well, yeah, I thought with. Um... This first episode would be kind of an introductory episode to find out, as Ross has already mentioned, who we are, what we do, who we work with, how do we pick things up, um, is it a case of just pointing the camera and clicking, um, it's just a case of just trying to talk about why we love what we do, and it's not so much on a professional level as yet, I mean I'd imagine the goal is to get there eventually, um, and that's why I figured we'd, we'd do this podcast together, I mean there's no... It's a no-brainer, wasn't it, really, mate? When we, when you pitched the idea, it was to be like, you've got the the, the following of Sun and fans, which is always great in my eyes. Been being a fellow Macam, and me working with more with the non-league scene, so there's a good contrast there. And just what we've done in the past and up to now, I think it'd be you know for us to to share this and hopefully inspire, uh, pass on some tips and advice, and maybe one day down the line get a couple of guests on as well. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I think the the concept of this, where I've listened to, you know, there's various like podcasts out there. You kind of just get you zone out, especially if you could be editing. You put a podcast on in the background, listen to. And I just thought that, again, if, as far as I'm aware, if there's anything like similar to this, when I spoke about it before that, I don't know if there's many photography podcasts where kind of like dabble a bit of everything. Really, where I thought. The idea of two local lads from Sunderland kind of on the same journey doing something similar, but obviously something different at the same time. Come together, share their experience, what they've learned, what's went amazing, what hasn't went so well, and then just kind of just pick apart it really, then also touch upon other various subjects. Like you see, you can cover like we've got mental health, we can pick up on like the benefits of picking up a camera and just getting out there just for a you know, change of scenery and then see how well that's been beneficial over the course of time. The flip side of it, where you get the burnout, the, the challenges you face, it's just that we've got so much we can show from our side of things and whether people relate to it or whether, again, we've got options to ask people who want to listen to this, if they want to ask any questions, if we haven't touched upon anything, that we can basically give our opinion on it. Again, it might not be the right way to go about things because... Like I said, I'll probably hold my hands up. I am nowhere near in the professional bracket, far from it. I've only been doing this just over two and a half years so far. Um, so I'm still well into the amateur category, despite the opportunities I've had so far. I'm still on a massive learning um, journey here. So again, we're just uh, treated as purely amateur <laughs> to this podcast and, and just... Uh, Go from then again. Hopefully, the main gain, I suppose, is to whether you can be classed as professional or not. It's not something I'm wanting the title for, but I suppose with the better experience you get from all this, you just never know what 
what opportunities may come of it where you might be able to more on a professional level but yeah so what what got you going in this Ross like for, for people who might not from my audience he says audience like he's got a massive follow I've got about 800 followers on, on Instagram I've literally got me mum and me dad following us but, <laughs> and a couple of me friends what do you think um, what made you pick up the camera like for your point of view what made you go you know what I want to give this a good go I mean, I've always had like a, a bit of an interest with it like years ago, but then again, you're just kind of thinking, oh, I'll get around to something eventually. But then you see the price of things, and you think, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter, far too expensive. I'll just rely on your old trusty mobile phone, which camera phones over the years have got better and better uh, to the point where some of the phones now, some phones you can get off a phone, and it's just like crazy compared to think like what it would be like 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, my journey basically started off with I still, I'm not as much involved now, but I still involved with uh, an Italian car club in the Northeast called the Bath Club Northeast. So my involvement with that was I wanted to make our socials look a lot better because taking a photograph on a phone is one thing and you can get, you know, some good photos, but for me, like a camera to a mobile phone is totally night and day especially with the various lenses, this, that, and the other comes with. I just thought I need to kind of like up the game on that to make it look more appealing, especially with cars and so many um, variety of them. You can get some amazing shots with the camera. So that was me kind of main focus, what I wanted to do initially. What I had no idea I wanted to get into sport. I just thought it's going to be purely cars because that's what most of my time was kind of taken up with. And I think like... Most people, when they had like, we got stuck in that lockdown phase where everyone kind of had so much time on their hands, right? I need to find a hobby, something to kind of do to pass the time because, you know, you get stuck with these Zoom quizzes with family and, you know, you're just stuck in the house most of the time or you're trying to think of things to do to pass the time. End up buying a camera, but typically picking it up the worst kind of period, thinking, oh, well, we've got all these events coming up. I can learn using the camera, get better at it, or hopefully get better at it, and then see where it goes from there. But like when the whole thing came about, lockdown kicked in and all of our events got cancelled, unfortunately, and then it was kind of like, right, well, I can't, I can only focus on my own car, on my own drive, or what else do I do? So you kind of think, right, I need to branch out and learn not just about cars, I need to learn about other things like landscape or you know, portraits, anything like that. And I suppose in that downtime period, you just end up falling down that YouTube rabbit hole of trying to find videos, how to learn, what do you, how, what, what are compositions, what settings are there on the camera, what lenses, you name it. There's just so much involved with it where it kind of, although the lockdown was annoying and hard and challenging, I came with it, but in that time, I probably it was quite beneficial in a way because I had so much time you could just sit and watch stuff on YouTube or other means of uh, media to kind of just learn and get better at the craft really and it kind of just stayed went from there and then cars really took a back seat and then you go out more doing landscape and then everything else followed thereafter I mean it'd be interesting to see what your side was it was it kind of similar to that or I mean how was your journey? <laughs> 
so the the photography side didn't really pick up until the same time as you, like lockdown wise. But I've always had an interest in videography since like like mid teens, where I would make really random, crappy, shitty videos on Movie Maker. Um, and I used to like make like little court videos, like the really bad ones you see when YouTube first kicked round, like really bad. And that was me. That was me introduction to videography because it was easy for me. Like some people who try videography now, like yourself maybe, and even me now, where they would just look and 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 go on the University of YouTube and just drink in as much information as possible. Um, YouTube wasn't around when I started video work. It was literally just I did it naturally. Um, so I've always had a bit of a gift on that creative aspect and as the years have gone by I, I was using like HD cameras to like film football matches for Jarrah Rufin when they were around in the in non-league scene and that was like me cutting my teeth almost into, uh, into football and sports media and then that evolved into boxing where I was part of a stable called Fighting Chance Promotions and that was again using like an iPad like a really old banged up iPad and a camcorder to film boxers like John Lewis Dickinson, who was a British, um, I think it was British cruiserweight champion. Um, he won a world silver belt at the arena, which was up there with one of the best memories I've ever had um, and doing interviews for them. And then that kind of just went on to England Athletics. And then again, it went up to Morpeth, um, where they were just quite open to being like, well, the floor is yours. Basically, we we don't really have any guidelines or or set targets. Just do what you think's best. Um, and the alternative view came around. Basically, just it was actually what I've been wanting to do something like that for a long time. Ever since I used to watch the early Manchester City Inside City uh, videos on YouTube yeah. when I used to work at when I was um, I volunteered at, at Gator College to be a sports reporter because my background I've got I've got a degree in sports journalism which I'll be honest with you it was a waste of time <laughs> all it's taught me how to use is WordPress and that's about it but follow up from that um, that's how my journey pricked up from doing behind the scenes videos I always think football clubs doing these kind of things would be quite beneficial because other than the, the highlights and the post-match reaction, you don't really get an insight of football clubs doing what Man City did. And I felt I was I was commenting on Sunderland's page for ages to say, you need to do stuff like this, thinking that could be my foot in the door. I'm still waiting for the call, by the way, if it ever comes. But the thing is, um, I love seeing stuff like that. So when Morpeth gave me the opportunity to do that, I, you know, I, I grabbed it with both hands and ran with it. And then for the photography aspect, um, that kicked in around about just before lockdown. I, I gave it a go in my first or second season with Morpeth. I mean, it might be in the first because I think the second was COVID. And I was just picking up my camera and just hitting stills in between video breaks. And I quite enjoyed it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I quite enjoyed it. Um, so I tried to learn things on YouTube came to lockdown kind of just as you mentioned just hone the craft just like learn about the camera learn about the different settings and not just stick it on automatic and hope for the best like learn to use manual learn to use like different focal ranges on your lenses shutter speeds 
how it could be have to diff- how it has to differ from a, a like say a nighttime shoot to a daytime shoot to a sunset or sunrise shoot to a astrophotography and just like yourself yeah. like just just spreading yourself across different subjects and not just sticking down one lane just you know what i mean so for 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 me that was that was pretty much where the journey started and and it's it's still going now i mean landscapes i i don't i, I did a couple of landscapes and I don't really click with landscapes anymore. I, I'm not a big fan of them. Um, I think they look fantastic, but I think it's just for me personally, it's samey same. It's the same out. It's the same look. It, it doesn't really pop like when you do your your pictures for the for the Italian cars. You got a way of making them pop. Same with football. I think yeah, for landscapes, I kind of don't really do as much. But sports stuff, I'd love to to press on with that mind. I think with you just like saying that, mate, like. I don't know if like it's kind of. I mean, I could be wrong in saying this, but I don't know if everyone who has started to pick up a camera whether they think right. I purely want to focus solely on wildlife, or solely on portraits, or whether they decide, you know, what I'm going to try a bit of everything and just see what clicks. I suppose everyone is different in that respect. I mean, I, for me, I say I, I just thought I was going to be purely just focused on cars because obviously I was out virtually every weekend, especially across like from the spring and summer months. I'd be at a car show somewhere in the northeast or across the country doing stuff with the Bath group. Um, and that would be my go-to over the past so many years. And then I kind of, when I eventually moved away from, like obviously I sold the car and moved away from, still, although I'm still technically involved, but nowhere near as much as I should have been now. Other things like changed, so I was getting more used to being out with the camera and I started doing a lot more landscape stuff where I think before owning a camera, if you'd have said to me, get up for a sunrise at like in the summer months of what, three, four, five in the morning, it'd have been absolutely no chance. Just the idea of like thinking I'm missing out on sleep here, no way. To then having that completely flipped over where I'd be out three, four, five times a week, just getting up at like well before the crack of dawn, just to get either down the seafront or a particular point of interest. And like learn more stuff on landscape and like as you see over the course of that time till now like the landscape stuff's more of it's gone on a bit of a back burner really where i can i'll still happily do it but i'm not as like, i don't have the enthusiasm for a company compared to doing the sports stuff Um, you kind of just do your toy in a few things and go oh, yeah i'm enjoying it now then after a while you think oh, it's getting a bit repetitive or I'm just not having as much fun as doing something else. Um, so yeah, I think I've, like the, the journey's been kind of like just riding the wave. Something else will come up, try that, enjoy it for a while. But I think the sports side with you, again, with you mentioning there, I think once you kind of find something that clicks, it's hard to then go back to like all those other subjects. You just want to focus on something more and then build on it and then see what can come from it then on. Yeah, I, I definitely think that because like for me target wise um target wise i would love to work at a football club full time um i think that's always been a i know that things are different compared to what they were say 5 years ago where you would work within a club full time and you were that person now it's sort of like you're a freelancer or you you're on a retainer um which i mean that would be great if if it's like with a big club um, where you know you're going to get guaranteed work, but obviously if it's freelance, nothing's guaranteed. So, well, you could say the same about a job anyways. Like any job, nothing's guaranteed in a job. 
Like, um, I mean, if with all with Sunderland's track record with managers as well, mind. Do you know what I mean? So, the thing about that is, I would love to work in a club full time. The goal would obviously, I would love to do what you've done and, and get involved with Sunderland because it's a boyhood club. Um, but if not Sunderland, then any club that wants to that, that looks to have a different edge on things. You know what I mean? I would love to just. Working with Morpeth has taught me a lot of things, and they're only a part-time club. So, and I love the, I love the atmosphere you get around a club, especially like Morpeth, where last season was a tough season, and there was times where me and Ross, the the media manager, they were kind of like, "Oh, we're gonna jack this in. Like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep giving away me Saturdays." That happens in football. So when you you kind of get over that little disappointing fact that it makes you want to come back so target wise to me doing all that and and trying to just literally try every sort of aspect of photography and finding something that as you've already said a few times now I was going to say no pun intended clicks so that's what I kind of want to do target wise to me is just getting involved with as much as sport as possible because growing up sport was everything everything there's videos of us using a plastic golf club and to be fair, I was swinging it a lot better than I am now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. things like that, just I would love to do. Like if it is golf, if it's football, I've even been involved with rugby league, which I'm I'm no expert in rugby league, but I quite enjoyed getting involved with that with with Newcastle with the with Newcastle Thunder. So for me, just that that for, for a target wise, coming off what we've kind of talked about about our history and where we've discovered what our strengths and weaknesses are. Working in a football club's got to be up there for me. I don't know what it's like for you. Yeah, I mean, I think given the the opportunity here, because I think I've had a few, few people message over the past year and a bit saying, oh, how did you get this opportunity? Like, what did you do to gain that? And it was kind of like, I don't know if off the back, I'm trying to remember how the actual story panned out because Initially, what I did was I went, this is how I went about things. Whether it's the right way to do it or not, I don't know. But I'm just basically sharing how I went about it. Obviously, you have the under-21s, under-23s. I mean, they change the names that often. So, anyway, they the, the play up, um, up Hedden. And it's not, it's only a, a couple of miles along the road to me. And obviously, when the, they decide to play up there in the evenings, I thought, if there's a chance really to try and learn to do some sports stuff, must possibly go up there on an evening and then just see whether how you go about getting access to it. And I didn't realise how relatively straightforward it was just to kind of just rock up with me gear and stuff. And I thought, I'm going to obviously watch the reserve team play or the youth team coming through and kind of just basically get enough work on me craft there, learn and see where we go from there, really. And after a couple of times of um, doing a couple of games and thinking oh well this is i'm starting to get the knack of this but again there's a lot to take in where does it go from here and then after you know a couple of games um i end up getting like a message out of the blue directly from the club um say on the back of oh we've seen the stuff you've done around the city also around the stadium with your draw and everything would you be interested in kind of like collaborating on a, on a project going into um so this was off the back of last season. So if you're thinking, it was just before um, a couple of games, just before the playoffs last year. Um, it was like kind of doing a we can work together, or we can use some of your um, obviously images we can use for our socials when we promote um, like 
like up and coming games or the team shoot can use your images for that type of thing so was, to me when i was getting that like message i was like uh yeah have everything <laughs> just <laughs> just take anything you need because to me as you say we're both lads from Sunland, so the idea of obviously working with the club you've you know you've supported all your life and i was just like kind of like this sh- shouldn't be happening not, at least not this early in the process of it all so I, I, like you know you just kind of like the kid in you is like this is like mental like how is this happening um but i was just like yeah well yeah if, if you need anything from my side we'll, we'll happily sort something out no problem and i think off the back of that it was kind of like i'll sh- i shared across some of the photos i'd taken of um the players playing the the, the, the reserve games the 23s or the 21s um and it was kind of like, oh, well, would you like to come and do one of the match days here? And it was kind of like, I, I don't I think for me, I didn't even need that. I, I got like offered that rather than having to, oh, can I do this? At least I think so from memory anyway. But at the same time, I was like, uh, wow, like I'm going to be potentially in the stadium doing this. So then you start thinking the self-doubt going, hang on, have I got the correct gear for this? Because you don't really want to be rocking up with your... You know your standard kit lens and uh, you, you you know you just don't want to be like thinking oh god i'm going to be kind of surrounded by you know the club staff and also the national press are going to be here so that side of it was quite daunting but i suppose when these opportunities come around you can't really be like you know oh thanks for the trip but i'm not good enough so i'm going to say no you kind of just think at the very least give it a go see how it is and if, if you enjoy Hopefully, you know, the opportunity might come of it. If it doesn't progress, then at least you can say, oh, well, I gave it a go. It may not have worked out now, but that might not be a closed door in the future. It could happen again. Or you can at least try and say, you know what, I didn't enjoy it all. I'd rather be in the stands with friends or family or whatever, and just watching it from that side of things. But similar to you, I mean, obviously, you probably had that creative freedom going into more, but at least giving you that opportunity to just basically put your like your twist on it and how you want to see your, you've got your vision of how you want it to come about. And I think the fact that Mopith give you that like freedom to do so, like speaks volumes, you've got to see that for the, what you've got to look forward to going into like the season ahead. I don't know, was it from your side, was it done or did you start, did you understand how like challenging it was going to be or did you kind of take it no problem? Was it a relatively straight transition? Um, for me, it was, it wasn't daunting. I mean, I when I lived in Morbeth, like I won a season ticket online. Uh, <laughs> it's really embarrassing. So I had a runner a, a running account on social media, which I used to hammer when I was well into me running. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but people will probably find it. But the I entered the club competition to win a season ticket, and I won through that account. It was embarrassing. So if the lad who used to live in my state was absolutely raging, but a funny raging, like, I don't understand how you've got a season ticket. I've been going for years and you've just rocked up, moved in here and got a season ticket. So I took my camera in the last game of the season thinking, do you know what? I'm going to ask the club if it's okay to film something, like a behind the scenes to, you know, see if I've still got it. Um, and when the when I met with them, with Ross and, and Sam when he was there, Ross was, like I mentioned, like Ross was just like, do what you want. Like, we just don't have any barriers here. Just whatever you want to do creatively, do it because we just don't have it here. Like, we are so like we're so stuck uh, with creative stuff. We just need a facelift. So 
that's exactly what I did. I just watched and subscribed, created a my own little private YouTube channel for like a media perspective. So I could just identify that channel, like to, to like different creators and sports clubs. And I just sat and watched and just watched what different clubs did. And I tried to apply that to Mortworth. Now, was it easy? Yes and no. I mean, I was working off a camera that was not relatively old, but it was showing signs of wear and tear. I'm, I've still got it and I still use it to be fair. So I'm getting the most out of it. Um, but I had like an old MacBook Pro, which was from 20, no, 2008, I think it was. So it was on its last legs. Um, I was using Final Cut Pro because I used iMovie but prior to that. So it was quite easy to make the transition from iMovie to Final Cut because it's the same company. And then once it got to to a certain stage where me, me Mac packed in, I thought, I'm going to have to invest in myself here. So at this point, um, I was starting to make a bit of money, not just with work, but just with some freelance gigs. And I put some money aside and got some money when I moved back to South Shields. Um, and just invested in myself. And when they said, like the, the thing, what was quite good is I was always setting a goal there, a target of, I need you to do at least one different angle per game that you do with alternative view. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything flash or super creative. Like look at what other clubs are doing. Can you sort of copy it? Because I always feel copying is a form of flattery. As long as you don't like stonewall copy it like for like. But if you can pull something from a video and add your spin on it, I think that's a form of flattery. So what with the alternative view, it was like doing that. Can I can I, you know, put my stamp on it, put my impression on it? And it's done well. Like sometimes on YouTube it's a bit of a struggle, but you gotta think for the demographic and more with I think it's not really a for some you can definitely tell it's a wide demographic. Um, in terms of your ages, but with with more with it's quite a, a quite I would say a narrow demographic. Um, so like things like YouTube, not many people have access to YouTube. It's very Facebook friendly and very Twitter. So you, putting the alternative view on there is quite hard. But when you get feedback saying I really enjoy the alternative view, that's massive for me because I don't yeah. do this gig to get like a pat on the back. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't do it to get fluffed up all the time or look for the attention. I'm quite a quiet person. Uh, I'm quite a bit of an introvert. But when you hear things like, I really enjoy the alternative view, that makes my day and it really like it brings on a bit of confidence. Because if you <clears throat> if you're having a bit of a, a a sticking point with creative stuff, hearing things like that gives you a reason to continue it, even if you you, you would never do it, but you've always at some point, I think you've done this, Ross is you thought, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. But then someone said something or something's gone well and you're thinking, actually, I was a little bit overdramatic. I'm going to continue doing that. So, Oh, mate, I, I, think, just... I've, I've, I think I've lost count how many times where I've just thought, not so much like, you know, whether it's sport or the cars or whatever, there's been many a times you just think, why am I bothering? Like, I'm doing this, some, I'm like, am I, am I doing this for nothing? I'm not saying it's about, like, you know, getting paid far from it, but, like, you kind of spending all these hours where you could, some people could argue, oh, you could be doing something more productive or whatever. I mean, I've lost count every time. My girlfriend said to us, thinking like, you know, you're wasting all these time, all these hours doing this, and you're getting like no recognition for it, no one's asked sort of thing. But you're kind of like, you, you question yourself, thinking, I, am, I, am I doing enough for that? Am I, is it like, 
why am I, why am I putting myself through like the torture? Like, uh, I mean, I didn't think I had anxiety until I picked up a camera. <laughs> I think that was the, that was like the trigger because there's been like nights where, you know, you're trying to get your head down on the pillow and you're thinking you just kind of sleep because your, your heart's racing thinking like, fuck, like why? What, what's actually, why am I feeling like this? Mm. I think it's because you care so much about wanting to develop and get better at the craft. And again, it's not so much about the recognition that comes with it, but I think there's been times where you do hit that wall and you just start questioning, you know, is it even worth it? But then you snap out of it a bit more and then you might get obviously a good passing comment or just something called blow up where you've posted something and it goes viral around the, whether it's around the city or like like nationwide or whatever you just think like wow like i didn't expect this where a day or so before i was thinking of just getting rid of all my gigs i've had enough so there's that mental challenge that comes with it where it can be doing this has been so rewarding i'm kind of kicking myself i wish i'd done this years ago but it's kind of like maybe this wouldn't have happened years ago so you, you sort of enjoy for where it is now but there's been plenty of times where i've just thought oh, like i could easily jack this in and just not bother no more but then i get told if you did do that then you'd have a massive void for, to fill and try and think of something else you'd want to do and i think it's just kind of i think it's here to stay until something really <laughs> sends us over the edge you know but did you ever have that when you did the ed sheeran gig because that was massive for you like you, the sunland gig's big enough as it is but when you get a nod to do the official Correct me if I'm wrong. The official like performance photography for Ed Sheeran when he came to Sunderland was did a, did a bit of that anxiety kick in because it was like holy shit, this is Ed Sheeran. Like I'm going to be within touching distance of one of the biggest pop stars ever. Yeah, I mean it was like again that kind of opportunity came again. I think off the back of how well the couple of games off the last season went and now the playoffs did. It was kind of people obviously from the inside of the club had eyes on what I was doing and it must have been must have been doing something good because I think just before I touch upon the Ed Sheeran thing like the way I, how I wanted to like my vision of how I wanted to see my images showcased to the, the wider audience is that I always had that story in mind where I hadn't seen it happen at our club yes obviously there's photographers there and they take the photos of players in action and that but I love the element of our like our club's history from obviously from the inception days all the way through like the, the stories over the years and the decades to where we are now I think that it's I wanted to kind of showcase that story like for me I would have loved to have gone back to the Roker Park days all that element of this the, the old ground and the story so now you always see like the fours from years gone by in the 80s and 90s and previous to that that's like the story of seeing like a father and son or a father and daughter, mother and son, all, and friends, family, you name it, go to the game. And I wanted to kind of put that story of capturing it from walking from the city to the stadium, people enjoying themselves, like, you know, taking the, the kid the first time or going with a group of the lads or, you know, like, like mothers and daughters going together. I wanted to kind of capture that story and put my own twist on it. And I think from there maybe it's the club has saw something and they said oh well want to kind of bring that journey towards can you do that for the Ed Sheeran concert and when, it, when the opportunity came up which is kind of like again you sit back and when you get you read the message you go on 
is this meant to be for someone else? Because, you know, there's there's probably people out there who do like whether it's concert photography gigs in the city centre or or whatever particular venues they're in that probably do this hundreds, thousands of times, whether it's just local bars or venues, and they're chomping at the bit just to get that eyes on them for that one gig to do it at a stadium or a you know or a huge venue. And the fact that my very first music involved gig was the yeah, cheering at the stadium. So I'm starting to think to myself, right, I should not be having this opportunity. It should be really ideally for someone who's probably put the hours and, you know, the, the blood, sweat and tears into it to get this opportunity. And it was kind of like, right. It was quite a bit overwhelming to think that you start doubting yourself again, thinking, can I step it up to the plate and do what's going to be what they want? Um, but like obviously on the run-up tour, it was kind of like, right, here we go. Um, there's no backing out now. Just go for it and see what happens. Um, and it, it couldn't have gone in like any better, really. It was just kind of like I treated it as like a match day where you, you just meet people outside, albeit they're all Ed Sheeran fanatics and fans from all over, not just from Sullen, but people obviously came far and wide to see him. And you just get chatting to loads of people and everyone's game because everyone's on top buzz, you know, get in the stadium and look forward to it. Um, it was just a crazy experience, but also just something different. You know, by the end of the day, you're still just using your camera and taking photographs, but it's getting to see what goes on from the other side, where um, from nearly getting potentially kicked out of the stadium <laughs> during, the, during the actual concert itself. Um, so there's like little stories that I come about like, as part of the experience. Um, which was obviously just like it was nearly obviously getting the camera taken off you, even though you're there as part of the gig. Um, so you've had little stories like that in between, but um, it's all part of the experience. But I came away from it um, thinking like it was just like, wow, that's just happened. But the fact he was on for two nights was like, oh, I get to do this all again, like 24 hours later. So I knew within that short space of time, right, I know what I need to do now compared to difference and just repeat what I've just done, try and again think of different angles where you can be, and it was just a, a crazy and uh, funny experience. Yeah, I just didn't expect that at all when I picked up a camera. I'm thinking, oh, in the space of what? What was it, a year and a half later? You'd be doing that type of thing. It was just like insane. And I always say to anyone who picks up a camera, if they're thinking about pursuing that as a hobby and more, just do it as as often and as, as frequently as you can because you just never know what opportunity could lead to. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd second that. And also, you don't have to spend an awful lot of money to get started. Yeah. You can literally pick up your phone, download Lightroom, which is free, um, and you can literally just go out to your coast and take a picture of the beach or go to your local park, take a picture of the trees and the wildlife because we're, we're slap bang in the middle of, well, we're in the middle of the year, which is nuts to say. But yeah. we're you know wildlife's out. The sun's when it wants to comes out. Um, no, I I definitely agree with that. With people just wanting to because they just got to look at yourself and think like over two years you've literally went from taking pictures of nice looking cars to covering a football club and covering a huge artist. So it doesn't have to be in the politest way possible not always working your arse off to get to where you are because I do believe if you work hard enough you get rewarded but also right place at the right time and luck comes into it quite a lot do you agree? 
100 percent me. I see. I think since doing the the match day stuff, and then you get a network with a lot of people behind the door at the, at the club, or you, you kind of sight of doing that. I'd obviously do a lot of um, the fitness stuff with um, former Sun player Simon Ramsden, his uh, fitness class down the seafront, and a lot of uh, the members who attend that. You kind of again network into a bigger, you know, a wider group, and you find out, oh, this person works for the club, or this person has their own business as a restaurant, or you know, it could be a bar, it could be a number of things. You kind of just start getting chatting on. Oh, I like the photographs you've done for the fitness club. Um, I, I need, can you possibly do the videography for this, or can you take photographs at this event? And you kind of like getting open to like passed on all these opportunities where you're getting asked, oh, um, the wife's, our, our kids due in a few weeks' time, could we possibly book you for a baby photograph session? I'm just like, how's this all possible? Like, you, you know, you get asked <laughs> to do all these, like, like, so many different, like, subjects to come across and you're just like, just got to try it and see what happens and if it clicks, then great, and you might think, oh, I didn't realise actually you may have enjoyed doing, like, a like, restaurant-type stuff or... You know, and be at least you can go in and say, I'll give it a go. Uh, I know my limitations. And obviously, I know that the budget's involved. And then if it does, if it doesn't work out how it goes, then you just shake hands and move on to the next thing. But if it's something clicks to you personally, you might think, oh, well, I want to do that again. And I'm going to try and push that and showcase what I can do. But yeah, I'd say most of it has been down to the opportunity opens another door, and that could open so many other doors beyond that to get to where you've been again i know there's probably people who've grafted for five years ten years plus and they're probably just happy just taking stuff on like landscapes or just taking photographs of the friends and family or whatever i mean it may not be for everyone but i suppose the more you kind of could pour into it and the better at the craft you can get out the more opportunities will come from it oh yeah i definitely agree i definitely agree with that the, the more you do the more network networking you get to do the, the more things it lead to like at the minute the video stuff's starting to snowball a bit now because i've did some content for a morbid player um connor thompson and now i've got um another player getting in touch to say can you do it for me and then we'll sign another player who say can you do it for me so like it just again i think it's it is the right place at the right time um i definitely think there is luck but i also think if you don't sit on your hands and just wait for the work to come to you um i think that's a poor attitude to have personally if you grind away and learn things like we're both getting our heads around photoshop now i've noticed like we're yeah. both sort of doing like graphics for sunland which if you said to me last year oh would you ever do a graphic for first like for for chris rigg for instance or um you doing for jack clark or the football squad for the end of season you know i think both of us have looked at each other and said nah, not a chance i haven't got a clue how to use photoshop like I, I, I can literally yeah. just I can literally barely edit a photo on Lightroom. Never mind try and do graphic design. But now what we're doing now is when we've talked about trying different avenues, like we're doing videography, we're doing photography, we're now doing, in a sense, a bit of graphic design. And I'm hoping I'm not offending any graphic designers out who out there who have been doing this for decades because they've been using tools, God, since the Stone Age basically when they've been using. And, we, and he has us little. <laughs> rebels rocking up with bloody uh, photoshop just take, try to take over things it, it's mental where, where we've come from to where we are now and it's just a case of just i don't know never wanting to stop learning 
Would you agree? Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree, mate. I think that since, like I say, when when I first started, obviously most of the Instagram feed would be loads of like drone shots, landscape, you name it, just a bit of everything put on there. And I think over the more so this season, most of my work's been for been pretty much focused on doing stuff for Sunland or throwing stuff around the stadium or anything to kind of incorporate that. And then it was kind of, you know, I've seen the stuff you were doing, obviously, for Morpeth and obviously just the, some of the work you were putting out. Not saying I was like, oh, I, put, I see what Michael's doing. I'm going to do that exact same thing. I just saw, like, more, again, obviously, I don't know if your phone listens to you or whatever it is, but you start to see more of this, like, graphic design coming up. And I thought, you know, if there's some, like, nights during the week, I've got some downtime where I've got, like, nothing on to do, I can just basically have a bit of a go of it. And the idea of... Um, that graphic design type stuff, like just to point out, similar to this like, video on, on photography, I am purely all self-taught. I didn't go to university. I have literally just picked up a camera, went on YouTube and just watched as much as I can and try and soak up as much knowledge. Same thing with this, you get a classic, the thing I'm doing, could you class it as graphic design? I don't know, I don't know what you class it as because I could. Yeah. we could say graphic design and some graphic designers might be like, it's clearly not graphic design. And I yeah. don't want to offend them, but whatever we're doing, I'm going to border it, I'm going to pin it into the sports media, bit of sports media. Yeah, and I think what's, again, the stuff I've done, I just do it purely again, just to, you know, entertain yourself, putting something together for the fun element of it and see where I can kind of, design sometimes i think oh this looks maybe it looks all right so i'm thinking oh it looks shite i'm going to start again and you put it out there and then you think how oh, they're starting to get a bit of legs here what do i do next um do i focus something like from players years gone by or do i try something different and the more legs started to grow off the back of that i was starting to kind of kick myself going you know what i've had a full season to do this i decided to do it now now the season's kind of come to a close where looking back now what i've learned in that short space of time as i say i've only been doing this about a month and i thought oh, about say five weeks i think one of those weeks i was on holiday so possibly a month in total where i've again started just having having the lightroom and photoshop package on my laptop photoshop just took barely got used and now it's starting to get used a lot more than lightroom because i'm doing more of that type <laughs> of stuff so um it just goes to show you, you kind of learn some little bits in a short space of time. And I thought, well, I'm going to use the photos I've collected over the course of the season and do a collage of a certain player or, you know, and I thought, oh, now the season's kind of ended. We're getting into the playoffs. I'll do a post to kind of promote the next upcoming games, like the Luton game that was coming up or the, um, the Watford game. And again, more and more people are starting to share that. No, as soon as you post it, um, people who follow repost at their story, so their friends get a scene. And just seeing the amount of legs it grew from there, it's kind of like, oh, I could be on something here. It might not be perfect or far from it. I wouldn't even class it as that, but it, it seems what people are, are liking what I'm doing. So I'll kind of just run with this and see how well it goes to the point where the players are accepting it on their socials. Obviously, it just goes berserk, like it goes mad from then on in. And I thought, right, I've got two options here. We're getting to potentially going to Wembley. I need to design a poster for, like, we are going to Wembley if we obviously get there. Had it all designed and everything, but I was thinking, am I giving this kind of the kiss of death here? Like, design this, thinking, what 
could potentially happen all this like time spent on this but i'm probably just again scratching the surface compared to those who were doing it full time whether you know if they were in a cup final they'd probably spend all the time designing all these posters and then they could get deleted you know i think there's one um there's one uh lady i follow on twitter i think she does the graphic design for aston miller uh, i think her name's Gemma, i believe uh but some of the stuff she does is unbelievable like the graphic side of it but i think she's also freelance where she's worked with i believe the french national team scottish national team you i think i know who you mean um, yeah i think i follow and, her as well um, yeah and then uh, i've seen i think she put a comment uh it was the dortmund um how uh, Brucey dortmund uh, lost the game on the last end of the season she put a funny comment something like saying oh um all those visuals and graphics that would have gone straight in the delete bin because I think a lot of them have spent saying they're gonna Dortmund gonna win the league and they threw it away there on the last day. So there's them challenges I probably come with it. Similar when I done the, uh, this uh, little poster designed for we are going to Wembley, but no sooner as it hit like full time, I was like, oh well, that will never see the light of day now. And I can't post it to say this is what we could have been yeah. <laughs> because I just thought I'd rather just no one see it. Um, I was happy with how it looked, but I just thought, oh well, it's one of those things. But again, I probably, you know, if you've spent a lot of time on it, if you're getting doing it as a full-time paid thing, I suppose it'd be a bit more frustrating. But yeah, but I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed what I've been doing, and obviously, I thought, right, well, if we're not going to get there, do a backup one to say, here's the end of the season, feature all the players who uh, had a part to play throughout that course of the season, and then see where it goes from there. And again, it just went insane the response it got uh players obviously responding to it liking it and obviously you know it just it, it, it took off like un- unbelievable and I think you start, when you start seeing that you, you do think oh I'm, I'm, i could be onto something here do i pursue this but then you know you've got if opportunity does arise they've got a, people who say right we need you but we need to check your cv for it and you're like i've done a couple of weeks youtube learning <laughs> you know i haven't been a <laughs> five years at union grow a degree i haven't got all the initials after me name i'm just purely all self-taught yeah so it's that i mean i'll probably touch upon it in a, in a later episode or something but like that for me it's like i've I, when i left college i went straight into work and i've been in the same job now for potentially i think it's come up to 19 long years wow. so i've like never had anything in between never been to any further education i've pulled everything i've kind of done has been self-taught so I'll always have that kind of thing holding me back unless someone decides to take that gamble or whether to give just so you know we can see this lad may have something and give him potentially the opportunity where if someone's coming fresh off the back of a university degree naturally they're going to see that in the saving goal well that looks a lot more appealing compared to someone who's just you know self-taught when he's been just watching stuff on a laptop or a phone for a few hours you know it's it's that challenge but you just for all the things I've had up until this point, I seriously cannot complain. I'm forever grateful. Loved every second of it, and hopefully, long may it continue with something, something better in the future. Really, because that's I want to get out of the day job and focus on something where you can at least get up day by day and think it's actually enjoyable to go to work rather than the dreaded Monday and stuff you've had to do every day for the past so many years. You know, but I don't know how you feel about whether that's obviously. I know you mentioned you were looking to potentially do this as a full-time thing i'm guessing everyone gets that same feeling you want to be doing something you enjoy rather than something you think 
just pay the bills and you know yeah i mean i was just gonna ask you this i, I was just gonna follow up with is that what your target is for you is to like to get out that nine to five routine and and be that creative person that you you you, you know you're good at i think it's like the you know that fear of the so-called like starving artist you know do you go out of a guaranteed monthly income to go into freelance or get into a position where, I mean, the ideal scenario would be was to be leave a job to go into like a full-time position where you at least, you know, oh, well, you know, you're getting an income on a month-to-month basis, but at the same time, you're doing something you really enjoy. Like, don't get us wrong, it would be the idea of doing the photography side of it. I could be naive to think that whether you get working with a sport agency for images for like the national press or anything, um, or whether it could be working alongside the club, again, I'd well, if you don't know, when opportunities may arise, it's just a case of just waiting to see what comes up and then go from there, really. But um, the, the day job I've been doing, I've been doing it for that long now. I, I, I tapped out years ago. I want to do something completely different. But then it's like having enough in the bank to, um, like, what you've learned and stuff, where someone will take that gamble on you and say, right, well, like what you do, you know, there's an opportunity here possibly apply for it and then see what goes from there. So I'm just, again, just plodding along to see what uh, may come up, but hopefully it'll be involved in something I actually enjoy doing rather than something be like another job where it's just like, it's boring, you know? Yeah, I know, you, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's just getting through month by month, paying the bills, paying the rent, yeah. paying the mortgage, what have you. And then if an opportunity arises where you know it's, it's not going to be well it's not it's it has to be guaranteed obviously that it's going to cover you but it could be more money than what you would make in say a month <clears throat> that for me is kind of a, a target but if it's in sport it it's definitely that's a bonus for me um i don't I, I love doing the photography and videography stuff but it has to like for me to to be confident to say right i'm going to jack in the nine to five it has to be something to do with in sport because that's all i know and it's all I, it's, and it's what i love i like doing social media for companies, it's great because you get to be creative. But when your 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 knowledge and your experience is in sport, that's what I really want to do. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed for us, mate. Like you know, and say if this podcast is going five years down the line, we're both um saying, oh, I were both in full time employment. You being at Sunderland and me being at another club or something like that you know that'll be that that'll be class um but what i thought i'd do is just because i know we're getting close an hour here like i didn't realize we could talk that long to be fair have we really gone that far we've, it we've, feels we've, like it's like five minutes no definitely it's like 50 minutes we're, we're cross we're almost touching the threshold of an hour which it doesn't even feel like it uh i thought just to round it off to ask the question what and just to get an idea of for 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 people listening to this um, what's been your favourite moment so far since you've picked up the camera, whether it's video, a photo, something that you, that's made you go, fucking hell, yes, I'm not going to forget that ever. I think, that obviously, from the amount of, like, the, the games I've covered, there's been, obviously, certain, like, when you've scored a goal and then you get lost in that moment where I'm looking down the line of the other lads who, who do the photography in the stadium, and they've got ice in the veins. Their composure is just like they'll sit there and they want to get that photo where I'll see some of them doing it for like national or local press. Whereas me, I don't have that like around me. So I'm kind of like, it's hard to, you see, you know, Jack Clark will score an amazing goal. I'm a Diallo, you name it. 
we've had some great goals scored at home and then you kind of the ball hit the back of the net and you'll hear that you're only a few feet in front of the fans anyway but that distance between them the raw just feels like as if it's like jumping on you so you, you naturally burst with that emotion and you're thinking I want to be like running down the byline myself ready to jump on the players and celebrate with them but then part of it's like right reel it in you need to get photos of this like moment of fans celebrating players you know I think those are the moments where I've just been in awe where you know I've had people message after the game saying we we can see how you look so happy doing what you're doing and it's like it is. It's like it, it doesn't obviously feel like work far from it. I just love being part of that. Again, go back to telling that story. But if there's one particular moment where I've loved it that much is when um, I think I'm trying to think it was either was it the, the Middlesbrough game? I think it was when Amadiallo scored. Um, and there was a game later to, later on this season where I'm sitting in um, near the north stand. And again, he scores, I think it was the second goal he scored against Middlesbrough. And here he is running to the corner. And then you just like, it's that frenzy of thinking, right, I've got to grab the correct camera with the correct lens on. The players are going to be running over and get ready for this. So you've got all that pandemonium around you with everyone going berserk. But you've got to kind of just say, remain calm. Hopefully you can get in focus, you know, and here he is celebrating. And then all of a sudden he just looks, you feel like you're the only one there. He's looking dead at you down the down the lens, doing his trademark celebration, and you, all you're doing is just like it just feels like time stops where you're just clicking away as many photos as possible, hoping for the best. They're all in focus. He runs off back to the centre circle, and you're kind of just standing there, forgetting where you are, flicking back through your preview screen to see what images you've got, and then you just kind of know that you've got the shot you were looking for. And there's been times where I'm just kind of like frozen in time, going like just so happy, um, and then realizing, oh, I need to start celebrating now because obviously we've just scored. You know, it's it's them moments where I've I've loved so much over the over the course of the season, but especially when you get like the those type of shots where the players are celebrating with the crowd, all that emotion within that story of it, those are the ones that have been like unreal. But that, I think the two particular moments for Ahmed Diallo where that photo against Millsborough, and then it got used on the cover of the, um, the club's programme for the National Fans Day. Um, that very one where he scored exactly the same on that game and celebrated the same place. It was kind of a carbon copy of the photo we did. It was kind of just weird how it worked out. So I would say that particular moment, getting one of our best lone players, hopefully he'll come back, whether we will or not, I don't know, but I think that particular moment is where I've like thought, wow, I, I just love what I'm doing and I hope it continues. How about yourself? I mean, has there been a particular moment where it's, everything's just clicked or has there been a particular thing where you've just like been so happy with what you do? Uh, there's there's a couple, to be fair, like, um, and it's all with both with Like, I think the, 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 the one where really made the the hairs of uh, on like on the back of my neck stand up and give us ridiculous goosebumps was when we played york um in the fa trophy i think it was the third or fourth round or the fa cup i think no it was the first one was the fa cup qualifying rounds 
and if we beat York, we would be in the first proper round the for, for the first time in our history, I think it was. Right. And we had to go to York. Um, is it the LNER Community Stadium? So at this point, I, I, I bought a... I didn't want to know I didn't buy a new lens then. I went in there not knowing... Because this was a league up, so I didn't know if there would be any standards. If I had have anything in particular. I always take my high-vis to any sport, just in case, because I know that some clubs don't let you on a pitch side without a high-vis. So that, trusty high-vis. Yeah. Trusty blue, trusty blue <laughs> high-vis has to be the one. I'm waiting to get I'm, I'm waiting to get something put on the back of it. That's when I'm. That's when it's official. That's what I was going to say. Anyone who's listening, get a high-vis, yeah. you're getting anywhere. That's, yeah. like, that's the key to get it anywhere. Yeah. Because people think, oh, he, he clearly knows what he's doing. He's got a high-vis, really... You think you probably don't want to like stand out as much, but I think most people think when you see people up on a building site where we just let them get on because they think, oh, they've got a high vis on. But yeah. I think if you're going to try not so much do the sport, don't like hold us to it, but if you're going to do anything, you think, oh, if I wear a high vis, I think most people will probably leave you alone to do what you want. Yeah. Run that risk. But the high vis is a good thing to buy if you haven't. There's one bit of photography gear you get. It's definitely a high. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree because without it, I think there'd be a lot of venues I would have been turned down for, or I would have been asked to step away from pitch side, which it would could cost you that shot that you had with yeah. with Ahmed. But when it was the more stuff, I had me high vis on just just I brought it with just in case I had it on. Um, didn't need it in the end. To be fair, they were quite relaxed at, at York, which was fine. Um, I think this is when they were going through a really difficult transition because that Steve Watson boo. Newcastle, boo, uh, <laughs> as manager. So I think they were going, and I think there was some kind of, um, I don't know, negative aspect with, with owners. We've both been through the mill with, with current owners with our club as well. Um, so I kind of got the vibe that they just weren't happy. The, the ground was partially empty apart from, I'm not sure what the layout is, but the stand um, that was packed. I don't know what side of that stand was, but it was noisy. And then Morpeth took about, I think, 200 fans that they could get in the bottom bottom tier of the ground. And when I walked past them, honestly, the the haze, like you mentioned with the fans, when you did it, like, I, I, I know exactly what you were going through because it was, it was like, a this is it moment. Like, this is what I want to do. As soon as that, as soon as I heard that first chant, that was, that was it. That was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Now, it could be adrenaline. It could be heat the moment but honestly that moment that one moment when we scored a last minute header how on earth i did not chuck the camera and just throw myself in there with the lads i will never know and before that if you watched i don't know if you watched that if anyone watched highlights but if you watch the highlights of that game and look really carefully where i'm standing i'm literally putting memory cards out and as the corner comes in, I've literally just put the memory card in and turned the camera on and Ben has headed it. So I was really, again, look, I've mentioned it, look, yeah. right place at the right time. And when he scored that, my God, it it only it was only 200 people, but it felt like 50,000. Like, because everyone loves a last minute goal. There was definitely limbs. There was definitely like people like trying to get onto the pitch at some point, which was naughty, I get it. But how often do you get a score against a team higher? That was one moment, and we did it. We visited them again in the FA Trophy, but we took three hundred, I think it was, and we filled partially like, one of the main stands. And that noise was just phenomenal. Like we got, we lost. Unfortunately, we were two 0 up, which I thought 
fucking hell, we're going to do something that we've never done for it, like, ever. And we got beat, unfortunately, 3-2. But things I've always wanted to do was walk on the pitch with the players just to say thank you to the fans. Tick yeah. did that. Walk on, like, when I'm walking around the pitch, have the fans shout out your name. Because you would have had this as well. I know for a fact you've had this, where they've been like, Michael or Ross, and you're kind of thinking, yeah. oh, you're right, mate. And they can see you, and you mentioned it. That they can see how happy you are to be there. And they're like, wait, get in, lad, you're doing it. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Um, but then... I think the crowning one for me is when we won the Northumberland Cup recently and we played at St. James's Park. Boo, St. James's Park, boo. <laughs> but like to go there and like for me, I had to put the Sunland hat away and be thinking, I have to be quite professional. Like you've got to respect where you are. It's not the Stadium of Light. It's fine. Crack on, mate. It's not often you're going to get to be in this stadium where you are behind the scenes getting access to so many things. Um, so watching the lads and I, I dare say it against Blythe, comfortably win and watch him lift a trophy in front of, I reckon there was at least a thousand fans there. Like that was that was mental. And what I'll never forget is being there to lift the cup, but also like there was one moment where I, I caught a couple of the lads. Um, I think it's uh, Brandon or Brendan, these names, I keep forgetting these names. And there's a collective of, of lads there who, who always come to the Mortworth games. I always say hello to them. And they always got the they've, they've come to the last few away games, bless them. Like they've, they've travelled miles because some of these away games are ridiculously long. Yeah. But what I did is I saw them and I was like, get in. And then just as I did that, the entire stand erupted, and I thought, what the fuck? <laughs> like just the, the noise, like it hit it like it hit like a brick wall. But then just talking to the players afterwards because um, I had to do the interviews after. So talking to the players after, you could just see how much it meant them, even though they had a, a bit of a, an up and down season. But there's a video I put out on my Twitter um, where literally seconds after I, I finished talking with Jeff Anderson, the captain, we just had a massive hug and said, get in. And that's what made us feel even more connected to the club, where I thought, you know what, I'm going to stay for another season at least. Because I was going to leave Warbeth, you see. Yeah, so. you, you, when we last spoke quite a while back, you did touch upon the fact that you were thinking about like the challenges you face with it and you were thinking like the travel and everything else you put in. I remember you saying like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with it. But then it's mad to think like had you done that, you would not have like got a chance to experience this. And let's just say if you, so let's just say all, all the things that you have experienced still happened, but you could have been watching it from afar or you could have been like, oh, you know what, Take it yourself. I've knocked this on the head and I've missed out on this whole thing and I, I could have really progressed and, you know, it's 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 a, it's a fine line of should I or should I not do this? Doubting yourself, or do you? Th- and then you think, you know what? I'm just gonna crack on at least and give it another go and see what happens. And at least then you'll know after that long time, you might think, oh well, I've, I've now I know even more. So it's not for me. But now you've had that full season under your belt, it's given you that drive to want to explore more and get more from it. You know? Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Like. When you said that, I kind of I had to think about it. What it would have been like if not experienced that moment, and it would have been a kick. Like, what do you regret in life? And that you know, little things like that you could regret. Now, some people listening to this might think, "Well, it's only a Northumberland Cup." Yeah, that's right. It's only it's only a tiny local cup. But how often do you get, as a person, what to what we do to get to go into a ground which is, let's face it, it is massive. It's intimidating when you go inside and just see how big it actually is, and imagine 55,000 people in there, 
but also watch your team that you've worked for for so many years do something that you never anticipate they would do because of a season. So I'm kind of glad I stuck it out and I'm kind of glad that like after that season, I thought, you know what, I'm going to stick around. And I've made some changes. I've said like if it's if the away games are like more than three hours, I'm just I'm just not going to be able to go because it does take up a full day. And unless it's a professional like full time club, I'll I'll think about doing stuff like that because I'd imagine you get covered for travel and stuff. But like sitting on a bus, it's good crack. Don't get us wrong. It's amazing crack on the on the team bus. But if you've suffered a defeat or you're absolutely wrecked, and it, it can be quite a long journey back. Um, yeah, I can imagine swaving if you see if you're going to watch Sunderland away and you've travelled the length and breadth of the country and you get beat, you just mood. Oh, just like oh, you just went down and everything. I suppose once you're kind of in that circle and you've been beat, um, like you you're still like whether I'm not saying all the current players feel like this. Certainly, we are far from it, but years gone by, you could probably get on a bus with the players when we're in like. Like towards the end of the Premier League, getting relegated down to League One and stuff, that that atmosphere, I think some of them, certain players, where they'll probably get on the bus and just laugh and carry on, thinking, yeah. oh, well, I'm earning this, I'm not bothering you. And you're as a fan, kind of having to bite your tongue, where really you'd be thinking, oh, like, fuck this, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you want to see how you feel. But that long journey back, you just think, oh, Jesus. And you, you're kind of trapped in that bubble yeah. sort of thing, where you kind of kind of remain pro, but also you, you've got to kind of, bite your tongue because you sometimes you want, to, you want to see how you feel but could lead you to end up getting collared from it, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. No, I definitely agree. Like, as, as a fan of Morbeth and you, you know, you you see the lads, like, they'll be playing cards and stuff and you kind of think, well, I, it's all right for you to suffer a bit because you're a fan but end of the day, that's how they unwind. They don't, like, sit and laugh and carry on far from after a defeat but they don't, at the same time, they don't sit and sulk like they literally just go right. Show play some cards. Show we you know put some tunes on who's doing karaoke because it's a new signing. So the, the you know what I mean like there is a balance of that. I've I've never never once got never once got on the team bus after I've had like a say a defeat or an embarrassing game and be like what the fuck are you laughing at because that's yeah. just that's you know what I mean what is the point of if someone doing that because one you get destroyed by the players. Because I've seen them have a, I've seen them like take the piss out of people. I wouldn't stand a chance. I'd get absolutely ripped apart. <laughs> and two, what kind of it would it? You're setting a negative aspect within the, within the change room. Which if it's going through a tough time, you, they, they don't need that. They need to be told we can do this. So that's where you're right. Where you bite your tongue, you just accept it. And also, as you're driving down, thinking, how the fuck am I going to make this a video? Like, I guess that's what, like for Ross, he does all the he does all the match highlights, and I've done some of the match highlights as well. But Ross does the majority of them, um. And I'm thinking, like, if we've got, say, we've been like battered three 0 or whatnot, I'm looking at him editing these highlights, thinking, how on earth do you get something out of that? That's not just showing their goals. So, it is one of those aspects. Of it, I suppose the edge. Sorry, Jack. I suppose one of those things again we can follow up on like a future episode is where like. It's all rosy when, like, you've been in a game with Ward and you've got the shots you're looking for. Everyone's on top buzz, but there's also the side of where it just nothing goes right. The match doesn't end the way. I mean, I'm thinking, like, say, the, the store game earlier this season at home. Um, it just getting beat 5 1 at home, obviously, with Alex Nail coming back. It just everything was just so, like, ugh. So there's them type of situations where I come where from a photographer's side, like, you're there to capture everything, but you just, you, your mood just drops as well because you just think, 
there's all the place I'd rather be is here. I haven't a sense. Yeah, no, like, no, I agree. Surrounded by all this negativity. I know, no, no, I, to I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But it's part of Arsenal football, isn't it? Like, in sport yeah. in general, like you're never ever going to win. And it's the same with photography. You're not, you're not always going to grab that money shot or videography where you think you're going to get the shot, it doesn't work, or you think, I'm going to get the drone out here and it's pissing down with rain, so you have to think of plan B, or with the graphic stuff, you're thinking, I've got this mint idea in your head, and you put it on the computer and it's shit, so you've like yeah. lost two hours, so <laughs> it's just like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things where you just have to just like grin and bear it because it is what it is, as I like to say. It is what it is. No, I mean, it's, I think it's a lovely way to wrap it up, I suppose, in terms of, like, an introductory thing. We've got so much more we're going to talk about, the various subjects, various instances, I'd said. Games we've both been to here, like, where it's gone really well, where it hasn't, or, you know, there's been certain moments where you can recap on certain funny stories from, say, like, again, when we touched upon their cheering thing, we obviously I can divulge more into how I nearly got kicked out of the stadium and them type of little stories. You know? so, <laughs> Damn it, um, I'm already hooked yeah. for episode two, if that's the case then. Yeah, so like we've got so much we can uh, go on to. And again, I think for a first episode, I think I'm saying with this, hopefully I haven't waffled on too much and people listen and go, fucking hell, I have to listen to all this again. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll capture people's uh, you know, the thoughts on this. And again, the aim is to get people... Um, other photographers and videographers involved in this over the course of let it see how it goes but more to hear from people's questions and again like I said before I'm no expert by any means but I'll just answer it the best I can and share my thoughts like probably you, you'll do your same yeah 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 no, I think because we've all got social media channels now you know just if anyone's got any questions or they're just curious about our aspects of, of past work and what we're doing, just pop it in either LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, just pop it in there and we can probably bring it up on a future episode if people want to listen to, and if they don't mind having the questions answered, um, we could probably answer it on here. Yeah, again, I think if if, if people want to remain obviously anonymous, if they answer the question, don't want the name read out. Again, we'll happily to happy to put that forward because um, you know, it can be done people don't want to be like oh I'm asking like a silly question you know I don't for me I don't think there's any silly questions where no. I didn't learn again we've all been there you start off or if you're unsure about anything it's best to just ask and at least you'll know where you stand thereafter I mean I'm still learning to this day I mean, I'll, I'll happily ask loads of questions because obviously I'm keen to learn yeah. there's been times I think I'm asking this because it sounds stupid but then you get told something oh well I didn't know that and you might learn something from that so, yeah, we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, yeah. That's been cool, man. I'm happy to wrap episode one, and then hopefully this is not the last one. You know? Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully people are still listening. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we'll, uh, it's the end of episode one. Let's see what happens on episode two.